Welcome to Affiliates in Action. This will be part one of April. I'm Debbie Hazelton. We will first hear from Dee Clayton, President of Diabetics in Action. And this will be followed by President of the Florida Affiliate, Jim Crott. Next week, we will have board member Dan Spoon and hopefully Leslie as well to talk about many facets of ACB, FCB, the local chapter, Greater Orlando chapter, which I am still a member of and very proud. Let us first begin with D. Clayton, Diabetics in Action. I know, I'm sure, there are a lot more diabetics in ACB and also to their friends and family that have diabetes that have not joined our affiliate. We started and we thought we would be one of the biggest affiliates in ACB, but we are growing very slowly. The diabetics used to be just a committee, and in 2005, Chris Gray appointed me as the committee chair. Well, as I started talking to people, they said, why don't we form an affiliate? So we started working hard, and we got enough people, and in 2005 in Las Vegas, we received our charters. And I was president at that time, so I kind of feel this affiliate is my baby. Something to be really proud of. <laughs> yes, and I am, and I have been disappointed at times with how it's been going, but we come back again. <laughs> so how large is it now? Well, I believe, I talked to the treasurer, and who is Donna Seliger, and I believe she said she had 68, and then there were some new members. So we should be getting close, then roughly around 75. Still, we should be much larger than that. What have you been doing over the years to spread the word and or help it grow? Well... That is our biggest thing. Uh, we keep putting notices out on the ACB list, and we always try to get a little blurb in each of the referral forms, let them know that we are there to help, to answer questions and anything, and we also have our ACB list. And... We have a conference call on the second Wednesday of each month on my chat line at 712-432-3675 in room zero. And it's called Dandy D's Delightful Den. In this conference, we kind of talk about a little bit of everything. We've had a few speakers. And what kinds of topics have they been speaking on? Well, we had a man that is totally blind, 
And this was one of our really most interesting ones. And he has the insulin pump and told us how he has learned as a totally blind person use the pump. And it was surprising on that conference how many came on that used the same pump. And it was something I had never heard about. I don't use one, but I had never heard about it. I know there are talking glucose meters, too. Yes, there are. And that's one thing we always try to talk. And one thing, our biggest question that most blind people that that cannot see to read their meter or see where the blood is, is when they test, how do they find the blood? And mm-hmm. it's kind of a practice thing you have to learn. When you first start, you do have a little trouble, and I still do. I'm totally blind, and sometimes I still do. Mm-hmm. But it. You just learn, you learn the way, you poke your finger, you kind of keep your thumb there and and pump it in you. If you keep your thumb right close to where you've done the lancet, usually you will get the drop of blood. Let people know how we do it and try to help them to see if this helps them, and different people have, like I said, have different techniques, so it kind of helps explain this to someone. And also, I would think that you're dealing with blind people who are diabetic who lose some of that sense of touch. Yes, and that is one hard thing. Very. A lot of people do get neuropathy in their fingers. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. When I first became a diabetic, I always said, please, God, if you're going to give me neuropathy, give it to me in my feet. <laughs> because I am a braille reader. And, mm-hmm. and I learned also, this is one finger. You do not use your index finger if you're a braille reader to check your blood. Because mm-hmm. after a while, they kind of, Tell us to a little. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would imagine that your group is there to help give support to other people who are both blind and diabetic, and that that could be very important, especially to someone who is either diabetic and becomes newly blind or who is blind and becomes newly a diabetic. Yes, and that's, that's a lot of the ones that we get a lot of questions from more. And mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. like I said, if one person can't answer them, somebody else will. And we we have one person on the call, usually, that does a lot of going to the stores and that somebody can read the products and that. And he is always coming up, usually, with something new he finds. So you have a newsletter? Yes, we have a newsletter that comes out three times a year. It used to come out quarterly, but we dropped it to three times. Email, large print, cassette, well, Barbara Madsen is our editor. Does a great job. At the National Convention, will you be there? Oh, yes, yes. On uh, 
two different speakers I just found contact with because we're having our seminar on the 3rd of July, and mm-hmm. right after the seminar, we're having our social hour this year, which we'll have some refreshments and hope the speakers would be able to stay and people can internet and network with those and socialize, you know, and and get to meet them and meet each other. One of our fundraisers we have is we have the cards that you put quarters in, mm-hmm. right, and they hold each card holds ten dollars. Okay. okay. And on the front, we have have a thing telling that is for diabetics in action and what we stand for and what we are trying to accomplish a little. You can't get it all on, of course. Mm-hmm. But, and we, we, I don't, as far as I know, it, we've tried to start it last year and it hasn't taken off real good. But I would like to see our members take one and then maybe take a card and put it out in a doctor's office or some places where people will see it and say, well, this is a great idea. Let's help them. And maybe, well, I know somebody that could use this organization. Mm-hmm. We have also this year just made a new policy it's called the Pat LaFrance Wolf Memorial for Diabetics. And Pat was a type 1 diabetic all of her life. She passed away at 68, I believe. And when she passed away, she was doing what she loved doing. We had just had a board meeting with her. She sounded like her old self when I first knew her. She got off our call, went to another conference call to help the ACB people, and she had a heart attack while on that conference. Oh, my and heavens. Died that next, believe that Wednesday or Thursday. She had it on the call? Yes. While oh, she my heavens. I just think, oh my goodness, and she was one, let's see, I was the first first president, she was my first vice president, I believe, Mm -hmm. when we first organized, and we got along and worked so good together, and I, I still miss it, you know, I, I really miss working with her and talking, Yes, she was just a great lady, so that's why we named it after her. And this policy will help a little bit with people that have trouble getting strips for their meters or even getting a meter. Okay. We will, if we have meters donated... They will not be used. They'll all be brand new. But if we have companies that donate meters and strips, mm-hmm. we will send them to them. Otherwise, they are allotted $50 to be used for diabetic supplies if they are not a member 
of ACB Diabetics in Action. If they are a member, they are allotted a hundred dollars, oh, and they good. they can apply for this grant every three years. So it it's kind of to an incentive to hey we'll get more to join. <laughs> Oh, these are only $10 a year. We have a board meeting once a month on the first Wednesday, and anybody is welcome to our board meetings. They are open. Mm -hmm. The only mm -hmm. thing they cannot vote. Our conference call is on the second Wednesday of each month. Okay. And we start at 8.30 Eastern Time. The conference call is open to all. We feel, and this is how I feel anyway, and I've been the one mostly on the call, is that, you know, if other people come into the conference call, they get their questions answered, they like what they hear on the call, they mm -hmm. may decide, well, hey, I like to belong to that affiliate. And then you have an email list, right? Yes, mm -hmm. and that is open. Okay, and how do people find that list? That list is on acb-diabetics-subscribe at acblist.org. And give the number again of your conference call. It's 712-432-7000. Seven five, and follow the instructions to room zero. If you're going to the convention, be sure and register for. If you're a diabetic, if you know a diabetic, if you're interested in diabetes, or have a family member that's diabetic, register for ACBDA. Come to the seminar on Sunday the 3rd and listen to our great speakers. Join in the social hour on Wednesday, that same week, will be our luncheon and our meeting following. And anybody, even if you're not a member at this time, come listen to the meeting and you may, in the end, want to join us. Thank you, Dee. I appreciate all of the hard work you and your affiliate are doing and wish you much success in further growth. Now, I want to shift our attention to the president of the Florida Council of the Blind, someone I've known for years, and wow, does he bring a lot of good energy to FCB and ACB, Jim Crott. So, my gosh, how long have you been president of Florida? I'm just finishing my second year, my first term. Uh, I will be up for re-election in May. I have announced that I will seek re-appointment or re-election. Uh, I'm excited about it. When I ran, my wife and I agreed that I would do one term. Uh, it's a two-year term, uh, and that term is up, and we've decided we'll try it one more term. Good. So I think it's good for FCB. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. I'm sure you're doing an excellent job. Well, you know, you do what you can do, and we've had a lot of um, trials and tribulations to get through. Uh, we had our CPA pass away 
last year. Uh, we had to deal with that, and that was a tremendous um, amount of, of extra work for our treasurer. She did a dynamite job. My first vice president pitched in, my second vice president. Uh, everybody did their share to pick up the slack. We hired a CPA. We hired a bookkeeper. Uh, and I think we're on solid ground now going forward. It was an unexpected death, so we weren't ready. We didn't have a good transition plan in place. But we scrambled and did it, and that was exciting. We had one of our chapters have some real estate that they conveyed to us. They were having some problems. We had to sell the real estate, and that was, of course, some work. But we got that done. We've started some exciting fundraising ventures. You know, organizations need capital to operate, and that's always a challenge. Today is the day of our first annual golf ball drop. We dropped golf balls over a golf course in Cape Coral, Florida, and the one that gets the closest to the cup won the first prize. It was $10 per golf ball. That was uh, a good first try. We had the same promoter that organized that put on his second annual Florida Council of the Blind Fishing Tournament. He was doing it for his chapter. I think it, this is his fourth or fifth tournament. And he completed that last week and did very, very well. Had 23 anglers out on the water, raised, I think, over $4,000 for the, the council. Works his tail end off to make a success out of it. We're very excited about that. On an advocacy front, we've devoted a lot of energy to voter access. Uh, since my term, I have had an interest in it since uh, the 2000 election. In fact, I was recognized by a prior president for my work on accessible voting. I served on the Secretary of State's task force. I served on the HAVA working group. Uh, I served as a consultant to the state on accessible voting machines. We've continued the fight forward. Shortly after I was elected, I received some telephone messages that voters in two of our counties were in essence, disenfranchised and not able to cast a private independent ballot and got into major discussions with and, and uh, battles with supervisors of election in those two counties and the State Department of Elec Division of Elections. Um, we met with the Division of Elections and forced a, a final certification uh, of two pending applications for approval and a repair of a third machine that was old but needed to be fixed if it was going to continue to be used. Florida has a unique situation. Uh, the touchscreen machines that we originally acquired were outlawed for all voters in 2006 I or 7. And um, the legislature continued to push back an exception for machines being used by voters with disability. Uh, the state gave counties until 2008, then 2012, then 2016, and now 2020 to um, acquire new uh, optical scan uh, machines for uh, visually impaired and blind voters. These machines were finally approved last May, almost 10 months ago, and many counties have been acquiring them, and we're working to get the other counties to move 
as quickly as we can. They have until 2020 to do so, thanks to the whims of the legislature. The new machines actually mark a paper ballot, and that goes into a tabulator, and the votes are um, counted by the tabulator rather than electronically counted. From our perspective, the machines are more complex. They do more things. You can speed them up. You can adjust the volume and the rate. You can work with them a little bit more than you could with the original machines. The express vote, which is um, ES&S's new uh, optical scan machine, was approved last May, and it will be demonstrated at our convention in Jacksonville uh, this May, uh, May 13th and 14th. Uh, We're going to have a panel at the convention on voter accessibility. We're going to have two supervisors of election there. We're going to have ESNS there, and then Doug Hall, our chair of access, and myself will be on the panel, and we're going to discuss where we've been and where we're going Our big goal right now, Debbie, to be honest with you, is, you know, we've worked really hard for accessible voting equipment, but we we still have a huge number of blind and visually impaired voters, the vast majority who won't come to the voting precinct and use this equipment. They'd prefer to stay home and vote absentee, which is not in secret or, or private because they have to have somebody else mark their ballots. It's our goal to encourage counties to set up as many demonstrations and opportunities for voters to check out the machines, to play with them, to use them. They don't want change yeah. and um, they, they are reluctant to, to move forward. We've worked very hard to force counties to do this. And of course, the counties throw in our face that they spend the money, they put an accessible machine in every precinct, and then we don't use them. Um, we Does something go in the in the local talking book, you know, newsletter? Uh, you know, that's, that's an excellent idea. And I think I will see that we try to put something in the talking book newsletter before even, the election. And even if there was somebody... If there were a couple of volunteers that would call people, call library users or something, if they could, Mm -hmm. and just say, you know what, we've worked hard to get this, and our biggest problem is that if you don't use it, then it doesn't help the rest of us who are working so hard to get these things. Well, that's a very good point. I will pass that along and and see what we can do with it, because I think it's an excellent suggestion. But then, like usual, I'm not surprised. Uh, you're full of good ideas. Uh, <laughs> let me say to my audience, um, we have uh, our second vice president has worked very hard, Doug Hall, the chair of Access, and he and his wife have put up on the FCB.org website a voting survey. Um, this survey is designed to record every voter's uh, experiences in the primary uh, election. If you voted uh, at home, if you voted absentee, if you voted at the polling place, what was your experience? One of the problems that we do still face and that we're working on is poll worker training issues. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've come a long way, but we're still getting complaints that poll workers aren't quite as smooth and sophisticated as they could be. Now, I voted at the downtown government center 
polling place in Miami-Dade, and I couldn't have had a better uh, set of poll workers. And I heard that from several others. But many still need to be educated. Well, if people can't take three minutes, and that's all it takes, to fill out this survey, we can't go to the supervisors and say, look, we've documented X, Y, and Z. We need you to address this. Um, And I know everybody's busy. And I know people get tired of surveys. But if you did vote, please go to fcb.org and complete the survey. It's a three- or four-minute survey. It's very easy. You can maintain your anonymity if you want uh, to. It's not a problem. Uh, What is something people want that you could say everyone who fills out the survey goes into a drawing? (laughs) Another contest. Oh, I love contests. Last year we had... um, We had a membership, a chapter membership contest, and it was very exciting. Which chapter grew the most? And I said, whoever grows the, by the most percentage and whoever grows by the most in number, uh, I'll give you 100 bucks for a pizza party for your chapter. Oh, I uh, love it. And everybody got excited, uh, except for the membership people that had to do the counting and organizing and administering of it. Oh, uh, but I like contests. We've got another contest going on right now that one of our members down from Pennsylvania um, put uh, into play with each chapter having an advocacy challenge. You know, uh, your members have to contact somebody about an issue. Your members have to make a phone call. They have to go visit a county commissioner. A whole set of tasks that are not hard, but like training material or teaching materials uh, to excite people about advocacy and we'll see next month what the results of that will be. But I know uh, some of our chapters have gotten very excited about it and gotten into it. Um, they like contests. Uh, and you're right. This could be a contest, too. I will pass it on. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great idea. I love contests. You know what? I think what I like, too, is it gives people of all levels in the organization or in the state affiliate a sense of, hey, it matters to somebody whether we do this. And somebody is asking us to be, you know, accountable or to be involved, to participate, and it matters. You know, Instead of just being left alone. You, you, you know, uh, it does matter. And each and every voice um, matters a tremendous amount. I think last month in my column, uh, the president's message column, uh, I wrote a piece that talked about uh, learning how to advocate and how advocacy isn't complicated. You started advocating from, you know, the time you cried for your first bottle of milk or your first diaper change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've advocated all your life. And it's not hard to do advocacy work for the Florida Council of the Blind or the American Council of the Blind. Um, and we just want people to stay involved and realize that it's not too much it's not we're not asking people to reinvent the wheel to do something that's hard i was at the legislative seminar in washington last month one of uh six people that florida sent up to to uh, advocate on the hill and we had three teams of two and lo and behold um 
a gentleman came up to me from an, a neighboring county of mine and said, well, I brought this lady here to show her Washington, and this was the reason we came. So we used the seminar, uh, the advocacy training session, and the legislative lobbying to be our excuse to come up. So we came to the training seminar. Can we go lobby with you tomorrow? So we took two people along with our teams, mm -hmm. and they'd never advocated before, but they accompanied us. They went to all eight of my appointments with me. Uh, they chimed in a few times when it was appropriate um, and told their stories to the congressional representatives. And, you know, all, all those people want is for you to talk to them in plain Jane English. Tell them who you are. Tell them why it's important that the, the congressman... Uh, support funding of uh, special education? Why is it important that uh, the Marrakesh Treaty uh, be signed by uh, the United States President after ratification by the Senate? Uh, why, why does it matter whether we expose our non-English speaking readers to um, non-English uh, material? Uh, it matters a great deal. There's a whole lot less foreign language materials available in this country than there is English materials. And if we could get uh, the right to import other countries' uh, produced documents uh, without infringing copyrights, it would be great. It's a no-brainer for our senators to approve this. And it's a great opportunity for Florida. We need people to make phone calls to their senator, to their congressman, mainly. They need to either contact me at jkk48 at bellsouth.net or um, get to Mark Riker at AFB and find out what they can do to help. It's a telephone call or two. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it would be great for them to uh, push the cause. Well, uh, Sullivan Macy Act um, so that it's a reality and gets out of the House of Representatives. I know we talked about fundraising, but I want to go back to that for a minute because in the President's Seminar, you shared some really cool stuff about what you had experienced. Let me tell that story. Yeah, I love that story. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of interesting. Um, I, I have watched the ACB walk go down for years, and I'd always say, you know, I really ought to, take an interest in this and write a few people and see if I could raise a few bucks. And, and not a lot, but just a small interest. And I ought to sign up and I ought to do it. And, of course, the big organizers in Florida are my first vice president, Dan Spoon, and his wife. And I don't know, last year something got to me and I finally said, you know, I tell these people no an awful lot. I need to tell them yes. So I went over to them and I said, all right, I'm going to get on your walk team, the, the Florida Hurricanes team, uh, and I'll raise a couple thousand dollars for you. And they were like dumbfounded then. Oh, no, you you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, you need to change your, your numbers. I'll raise, I'll, I'll raise, a, increase your, your amount by at least $2,000. Well, Leslie was very unsure that I was going to come forward and she didn't want to change her numbers and then not meet them. But she did. And I started sending out emails to my friends, mm -hmm. to my colleagues. Um, I sent out one or one at a time. They were individual emails. I wrote a message and I appended that message to each email uh, in the body of it. Mm -hmm. um, but they were individual emails. 
and I sent one to my cousin, who is a real estate developer in Virginia, very successful. And my phone rang one day, and he said, you know, I read your email, and it told me what you've been doing with FCB and how the chapter's doing and what it's involved in. And he says, um, my wife and I are going to send you uh, some money uh, we were kind of looking at your, your demand, and it, it, it's not high enough. We're going to send you $5,000. And I went ballistic. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So I got off the phone, and I quickly called the Spoons, and I said, move your number up $8,000. Hurry. <laughs> they said, no, 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 no. And I said, yes, 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 yes. And it took about two and a half weeks for the money to get there, but it got there. And... I continued sending out my requests uh, individually, and I raised, uh, I'm thinking it was over $13,000. Oh, my gosh. It might have been over 16000 I can't remember now. Um, but I, I ra- can't believe you now when you say that. <laughs> it was 13000 plus, and it, and it was, you know, a lot of $25 and $50 donations. I got some big donations. Um, actually, the day before I came to convention... Uh, a very close friend I was staying with handed me a thousand dollar check, and I like fell over again. Uh, <laughs> a problem with success is everybody thinks you did it once, you can do it again. Um, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Uh, I will send out the letters again this year, and I will try to to raise something. I don't expect the six thousand dollar pop on the top, but I think well, most of my friends and contacts will come through. But the point of all of this, Debbie, is it wasn't hard. Right. So and it, sometimes we not only can exceed it, we, I mean, not only make it, we can do better, like with the it, holiday auction. Because we but, thought, oh, we won't, we won't. And we, we did. We exceeded. But this was a totally new thing yeah. for the walk. It had never made this much money by, by, by a particular state. And everybody was blown away. But the answer is now we've got other states excited about pushing yes. their interest. And... Our state, you know, put a big chunk into their budget for it, and we're all going to work a little harder and do a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to start in April, not May or June, uh, and we're going to do it. And anybody that wants to contribute, go to the FloridaHurricanes.com page on the um, Brenda Dillon uh, walk and um, uh, make a pledge. We, we don't care where we get the money. We're not proud. We love the donations. <laughs> Debbie, go for it. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, but it was, it was an interesting experience because I've never really considered myself a big fundraiser. Uh, it's not my strength. I've got a, a, a good ability to talk. Uh, I can lobby. Uh, I can make presentations. I, I can write. Uh, but I never considered myself a fundraiser. And... Um, this uh, was an excellent example of how even those of us who think we can't do it can. Yeah. Um, so go for it. it it's, and, you know, I, I think engaging people is the hardest thing that we do, um, it, whether it be for advocacy or whether it be for fundraising uh, or whether it be for leadership. Um, we all have a propensity to let the other guy do it. And the answer is within each and every one of us, there are hidden talents and abilities. And 
there's nothing magical about any of it that anybody listening to this broadcast um, couldn't themselves do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy. Um, I was fortunate. I got an excellent education and and was a successful professional and, you know, have a lot uh, of good experience behind me. But, you know, uh, the, 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 the Jane or Joe out there that um, doesn't have all that can do just as well by being themselves and putting themselves out and doing what they can do to help. Everybody's got a place. Yeah. And that's important. It is important. And I mean, I'm just really, I'm excited about Florida. I'm still a member of GOC, Greater Orlando chapter. Well, that's great. That chapter is vibrant. GOCB runs one of the greatest chapters there, local chapters there is. They have a lot of things going on. They're active. They have social events. They have fundraiser events. They they have coming up on April 7th, uh, no, April 9th. April 9th. Yes, April 9th. Uh, their trivia night. Oh, yeah. Uh, they do big. it once a year. They sell tables for $150 or $250. And it must be $150, I think. That's an incredible event. And they do very well with it. Um, Great you know, food. They, they Is just that, are they doing the silent auction, too? Yes, there yeah. will be an of course, Dan yes. and Leslie belong to our yes. GOCB chapter. You yes. know there'll be an auction. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, auctions are great. Um, oh, it's just phenomenal. Dan is a great auctioneer. When there's a not silent auction, Leslie just does so much work to get all the wonderful uh, prizes. There's good food, lots of wonderful volunteers. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They have turned uh, the meaning of auction into something new and big for ACB and for many of its uh, state and special interest affiliates. I think families I just saw is having an auction um, coming up. Um, But I'm blessed. I have have some great uh, local chapters, some great special interest affiliates, a set of good presidents. We meet once a month with all all the presidents get together and 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 we talk and it always amazes me. I, I'm I'm never quite sure what I'm going to do with these meetings and we put something together and it it's been flying really well and attendance has been very very nice. Uh, and anybody that's not a president is welcome to participate. They're held on a conference call and um, I think they go they, they've gone very very well. I've been very pleasantly surprised. Um, which is nice, and communication is so important. Um, you know, we, we none of us can do anything by themselves. No man is an island, though, and no man stands alone. And if we all work together, interact, uh, we can do things, and we can be successful, and we can accomplish, and we can grow. Um, FCB needs to recruit some younger members, uh, I'm very excited to tell you that we have an under 30-year-old editor of our bi-monthly newsletter, the White Cane Bulletin. Uh, his name is Greg, Greg Lindbergh. He just finished uh, his first issue of the White Cane Bulletin, but he's under 30. He's excited. He's vibrant. and He's got energy that we old members um, need supplemented. So <laughs> we're excited to have new uh, younger blood. Uh, getting involved, 
Uh, I'm hopeful he'll be able to go to ACB in Minneapolis uh, in July and, and learn more about the national organization. Um, he had been editing a uh, local chapter newsletter in uh, over on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and he is very excited, very committed to making it work, and I think he's going to be great. I think ACB in general and FCB as much in particular um, suffers from having uh, its main membership uh, older, Uh, and there's nothing wrong with senior members, but um, you need to balance with, um, with younger members. And we've not been able to draw in younger members as much as we should. So I think that's going to be my commitment and challenge for the next term, if I am successful and reelected, to try to get some more young members uh, into FCB. Uh, our hotel coordinator uh, is uh, very young, very eager, very conscientious, and he's just doing a bang-up job as hotel coordinator. Um and it's great to see these younger people get involved and recognize that they, they can and are willing to, to help and do a great job at that. That is good. I mean, because I know our own ACB Students Organization is just a wonderful group. And, and it seems to me that there's a lot about ACB that would uh, be attractive to young people. Now, we've developed a – we're going to have a workshop on uh, – our convention program this May develop uh, de- de- designed to solicit input on recruiting younger members, and we're bringing Sarah Conrad, the HCB board member, uh, student representative in uh, from Minneapolis or Michigan. I think it's Minnesota or Wisconsin. Uh, it's Wisconsin to talk about that. Um, and I, I think, in general, uh, I'm very active in a couple of other special interest affiliates of ACB, and they all suffer the same thing. And I think the, the, the real problem isn't that we haven't tried. It's that there's a tremendous propensity to, quote, not join, unquote, amongst the American population today, the younger population. They're not joiners. Well. I think we're going to become more successful with this because we do have more. I think we are getting younger people more involved somewhat, you know. I I think you're right. I think, you know, we've got younger people on our board, a couple of them, several of them now. Uh, We have a very active students group. Uh, I'm confident that we we can bring it back to what it was. You know, I'm active in the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys and have been active in that for 40 years. And um, we have, you know, our membership is tremendously down, uh, fallen. It's awful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're not producing a newsletter right now. And by and large, uh, blind lawyers sit there and say, I practice law in a sighted world and I want to associate with sighted lawyers. Mm -hmm. However, I will tell you that the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys (laughs) – 
was a godsend to me. It provided me with mentor after mentor after mentor and tremendous opportunities to share experiences, to gain confidence, to grow, to develop, and know that other people were going down or had gone down these roads that I was trying to walk and, and, and overcome these obstacles that I was facing and overcoming. Um, that's missing now. Yeah. Uh, the younger lawyers, as they graduate, uh, don't come to the association of visually impaired attorneys in as big a numbers. Well, it, it, it triggers down to the states. It's the same thing. Um, but I'm excited about Florida. You know, we have a, a, a new special interest affiliate. The uh, um, Rail Revival League of Florida was developed uh, three or four years ago. Our guide dog uh, affiliate has, is growing. Um, we have the concerns of the totally blind Yep. which is growing so much that it's now working to try to form a national chapter of ACB. Um, so Florida's, you know, still in the thick and thin of it all. Um, you gave me a, an opportunity to pitch uh, the MMS program. Um, most of the dollars that my wife and I donate to FCB and ACB, uh, we in fact donate through MMS and I have not been able to understand um, why the bulk of our membership of FCB and even of ACB can't um, put five or ten dollars a month into the MMS program to further um, the mission uh, of these advocacy groups. We do need money to operate, uh, and we need our membership to help. It's very, very difficult. Uh, even when you ask for small amounts of money, uh, it was very um, frustrating to me that I couldn't get more of our members to buy uh, $10 golf balls and participate in that event. I really strongly urge you to join the MMS team and um, support it. It's you great. Know, it took me a while to get that. I mean, to get my head around it. I was one of the guilty. I felt like an organization, it gets its dues, it has its membership, and, you know, like, why are they always asking for money? Well, I don't know what turned the light on for me, but I finally got it that ACB is a thriving community. And like any family or community, there needs to be food in the refrigerator. You That's know, right. It needs to be fed. So if we want to be able to be at the table and have enough to eat, then we have to take care of the whole. We have to take care of the, of the body of the organization by contributing. I didn't, you know, until I really put that, got that piece, it didn't, I was not thinking in the same way. Yes, your advocacy efforts are very important. We need them. Yes, your leadership efforts are very important. We need them. But your fundraising contributions, we can't do it without them. Well, is there anything else that you think we need <clears throat> to talk about? Um, the only thing that I want to do is take this opportunity six weeks before the convention to really encourage um, people to to come to the convention. Uh, it's going to be a great convention. It's in Jacksonville. It's the Lexington Hotel and Conference Center, Jacksonville Riverwalk, 1515 Prudential Drive, 
Jacksonville, Florida, 32207-904-396-5100. You need to make hotel reservations by April 12th. Mention FCB. The rate is $89 a night, but that includes, thanks to a wonderful negotiated contract, that includes breakfast. Not a continental breakfast. Breakfast. That's nice. The uh, the ESNS Express Vote voting machine will be there. We did invite uh, Dominion to come and exhibit their ice, but they're not able to uh, do so at this point. Whether they change their mind remains to be seen. We have Envision America coming to exhibit, and they will do a workshop. Great. Uh, we have Vanda coming. They will do a workshop. Um, we have a young doctoral student who's doing a presentation and a questionnaire survey uh, about employment and disability and how they interact and what you can do to minimize the impact of your disability on your job search. We're excited about that. Um, we have lots of great things going on. I encourage all of you to to come, uh, join in, participate. We have an awards banquet Saturday, Friday night. Uh, our regular annual banquet is Saturday night. We'll hear from our ACB board uh, member at, at that event. Uh, the live auction is Saturday night. Thursday night we're having a barbecue and the meal functions are $35 a piece, but if you buy all three of them, it's 90 bucks. So, you know, we're feeding you and dining you for reasonable rates. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, Debbie, I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to uh, participate in, in this wonderful event. I didn't talk to you about a lot of our other advocacy efforts. We're involved in accessible prescription labeling, of course. We're fighting uh, with a local supermarket chain to try to force them to join Walgreens and CVS and the other pharmacies that have done it. Um, We have uh, accessible pedestrian signals at issue in Florida. We're working on that front. We've done some work with the vendors during my administration. Uh, We saved a vendor from losing all of his machines. Um, And of course, the the issues that, that ACB is fighting uh, are near and dear to us, the Low Vision Medicare Demonstration Project, the Marrakesh Treaty, uh, the Coswell Macy Act, the and the Internet uh, letter. I, I should just mention in closing that uh, the ADA has been uh, in force for 26 years and the Department of Justice has yet to promulgate its first regulation on how these uh, law should be applied to websites that are engaged in um, interstate commerce and international trade and retail. Um, and uh, we're asking that that the House of Representatives join the Senate in a letter to the Office of Management and Budget requesting the ADA to get off its laurels, the DOJ to get off its laurels and finally adopt some regulations that are 25 years overdue and they've now said won't come out until at least uh, 2018. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Well, I have to tell you, I am doubly proud. I'm proud of you. 
because wow I mean I've known you for a number of years and to see you just so vibrant and in this role and so excited genuinely excited and involved I'm just really happy and I'm also always proud of Florida I mean I just I love FCB and um, I, I'm just very proud of the spirit of FCB and many of its chapters just thriving. So, you know, FCB is a, a truly great organization. Yeah. I love FCB. Um, I, I stood up and gave my president's address to the board uh, last October, and I made it clear that one of the things that the only thing that has allowed me to be as successful and for us to have accomplished what we've accomplished is I have an incredible board. That board is made up of a, a representative of every single one of our affiliates. I have the best executive committee that any president in this country, in this national organization could have. I could not have a better first, second, vice president, treasurer, membership secretary, immediate past president secretary, recording secretary. They, they have just all been there for me. And that's why we've been successful, because we've worked well as a team, and we will continue to work well as a team and work together, because that's the only way you can accomplish anything. That is for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Thanks so much for listening. I apologize for some of the technical differences that were happening this evening. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, Dan Spoon and hopefully Leslie as well. I've not had a chance to speak with her. Stay tuned for more of what this show brings. It brings vibrance and possibility to our affiliates. And also... Stay tuned for all of the new shows as well as just all of the shows that we have on ACB Radio Mainstream, our talk station, our flagship station. We have a new show beginning right after this show, the GDUI, Juno Report, Guide Dog Users, Inc., Juno Report. Wow, very exciting. So stay tuned. This weekend, our California Council will have their convention and we will be bringing it to you through our live event stream. There are so many good things that are coming up. Laura Legendary's new show starts this week, Larry's show every other month. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for for being here. Remember, together we can do anything. If you don't know our seven streams, check them out. And if you have an iOS device, get the iOS app, ACB link. Feel free to check out all of our streams and our podcasts and our shows on demand. Take care, everyone. See you next week. Affiliates in action. Remember what Eric said in the PSA, together we can do anything.